I'm in the SAFM studios and my guest is someone who has carved a name into the hearts of South Africans. Not only is she a household name in South Africa and throughout Africa, she's also one of the most dynamic and fearless women that I know. And she's a very, very dear friend of mine. I'm talking about the one and only PJ Powers, who's sitting right here in the studio with me. PJ, welcome to my show. <laughs> Thank you, Carolyn. I feel, I feel really impressed with the database that you have, that you, uh, you chose me to come and be with you tonight. I'm, I really, I'm, I'm impressed, so now, thank you. We've been friends for a very long time. Very long. And we were talking in the car about how we first met. And you reminded uh, yes. me of how crazy we were. Yeah, I, can I tell the people? Um, I met Carolyn in the late 90s, and she used to come and <laughs> I was getting my rocks off with a, just a rock band, you know, and during the week. The Rock Rebels. The Rock Rebels, yeah, with Bill Flynn and a whole lot of people and just, just acting crazy. And then I'd be in I'd be in, in Jabalani Amphitheater of the weekend, and then I'd be at... at this club and Carolyn would come every Thursday night and it was like she was a she was on a dance marathon. It was a groupie. Well, I don't know about that. But <laughs> what I do know is that she got up onto the dance floor with the first song that we played and she got off the dance floor with the last song. She, I've, I've never seen anyone and she danced in between as well to the DJ. <laughs> so I've never seen a person to constant. She was like a Duracell bunny. Uh, I mean, Th those you were, were amazing. Those were great days. And, she, I, and, she can, and you can dance properly, the real thing. Thank you so much. Mm. I can't sing, unfortunately. But, I, you know, I have known you for many years. Yeah. And I, I met you when you were already very famous. How did your career actually begin? We haven't had that conversation. My career, it's, it's, uh, it's the weirdest thing because it actually is... Um, it's one of those really typical stories. It's not interesting. It's not, um, there's nothing really new about it. What it is, is that I was in Natal. I came from KZN and I entered a talent con competition with a band. Um, I was still in matric that I would joined called Panther with an A. P-A-N-T-H-A that was going to make all the difference to whether or not we were going to be famous. And we entered a talent competition <laughs> and we won the talent competition and the and the prize was to come to Egoli. Um, so my father, kicking and screaming, thought I come from a privileged background, so I was able to go to university. I told them I'm not going, so there were court orders to try and get me home. But at 17, I arrived in Johannesburg with four other girls and in a Ford Escort with in a red Ford Escort with one black door and um, <laughs> and all our luggage and and this incredible rock star and, and talent just, and absolute no I'm not incredible rock star talent at all what I had was absolute drive determination I was blinkered I wanted from the age of nine, five years old I don't ever remember wanting to be anything else other than a singer, it's, which, is, which is a gift in itself because I knew my direction. Mm, mm, I knew. Mm. And the music industry, we all know, is a tough industry. Mm. As a woman in those days, you must have had some stumbling blocks. Um, you know, what can I say? Um, I... I'm quite, I don't know whether it's because I'm six foot tall or whatever, but in, in all seriousness, I was lucky in that I was taken 
I, and I, when I say lucky, I really mean because it wasn't the norm. I wasn't some young, pretty ingenue. I was way overweight. I was a very unattractive teenager who came into the industry and had to really... I, I had to go on talent because it was, I, I wasn't going to be able... I wasn't a five-foot-four, you know, little person. I was... I was othered my whole life. So I had been used to being laughed at. I had been used to being othered. So it made, it gave, you know, adversity defines us. And that made me strong. Mm. And, you know, apart from the guys in the band, for example, not believing me that the one side of the PA was not working. for like, And then one of them one day said, oh, the basements aren't working on the right-hand side. I said, but I said that three weeks ago. And they said, I mean, they didn't even get off stage and come and listen to it. That's the only memory mm. that I have. I didn't go looking for, and I think that I've got quite a good memory, but I was just hell-bent. I took my, not myself, my job very seriously. Mm. And, of course, you've got this presence, this force of nature presence, arriving here at the SABC tonight. Oh. I mean, everybody knows Tandeka. And as, as Brian, as Brian uh, Heathfield said, you are a <laughs> visa. You get us in everywhere. <laughs> PJ Powers I is our that. visa. PJ, Women's Month is coming up yes. in August. And we've chosen to talk about an issue here in South Africa that's on the minds, all of our minds at the moment. Um, one of the biggest problems that we face in our country, the issue of gender-based violence. There's hardly a day that goes by that we don't hear of some horrendous incident um, of GBV or femicide, domestic violence. What do you, you know, I've been racking my mind. What do you think is the underlying reason for this? Because it is so rife. I think it's uh, it's it's the same reason for the underlying um, lawlessness of 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 the country at the moment. Um, I think it's just you know you stack these facts up, and you 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 left with a, a very sad. I mean, you know, I was on the phone to you yesterday, and I was in tears yesterday. Yes, I'd gone you to were. see your exhibition, actually, the Sixty Seven Blankets exhibition at Four Ways Mall, and this great, these great pictures of Nelson Mandela and and you know Enoch Santonga and what a magnificent movement. I never voted until I could vote for the ANC. I didn't use my vote before until everybody could vote. And what a how proud and how completely right I knew we were we were to be doing this. And it's I see what's before my eyes now and I find it dre I can't be my true authentic self and say that I'm not extremely, extremely sad. Mm. And with regards to gender-based violence, I, you know, somebody asked the question, what do I think that Cyril, will Cyril Ramaphosa's new legislation um, make an impact? I looked up, no. It's, you know, Emily Pankhurst was, you know, a suffragette and she was the person that said it clearly in the, when women were trying to get the vote. By the way, do you know that women only got the vote in Switzerland in 1971? 1971? 71. I didn't know that. That was a remarkable fact that I found out today. But, yeah, and Emily Pankhurst, she was the person that said it is time for deeds, not words. Absolutely. So... Cyril Ramaphosa can wax lyrical about mm. the implementation into legislation. It's just all mm. a blur. Mm. It's 
It's guff. Mm. It's a way of confusing us. It's a way of taking us to level six so that we're grateful for the level four. It's just part of the milieu mm. of, 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 of rubbish that we're fed on a daily basis. But what he did say, and I think it was a very important thing for him to have said, is this is a pandemic. Our country has our, the COVID-19 pandemic and GBV is our second pandemic, and it is a pandemic. I heard a story recently. One of our staff members, aunt, walking to church at 5 o'clock in the morning and having her arms and legs chopped off, her Can private I... parts chopped off. It is disgusting. It is unacceptable. So I just want to uh, mention to the listeners that the lines are open if you'd like to call in and, and, and join the conversation. It's an important conversation for us to have. Um, but in the meantime, uh, PJ... How do you think we can better educate okay. ourselves, our citizens, and I think especially our young men? Mm. I, first of all, I need to tell you that I'm not a person that presents a list of problems and don't think about a way to solve them. So first, my most important thing is I hate acronyms. Acronyms normalize unbelievably abnormal situations. Mm. We talk about GBV. GBV we don't correct. say gender We don't based talk about violence. the brutality. The brutality of, first of all, what is gender-based violence? Why don't we talk about wife-beating, about people that are abused? Excuse Why me, we, PJ, can I interrupt for one sec? I've been told to open the lines. How do I open the lines? <laughs> I check the screen. Sangeza, you're going to help me here. Johannesburg, 714-2006. Ah. Please do call us. Carolyn Stein. Okay. On the mic together with PJ Powers, you know the voice note number 0614104107. Send them under a minute or text them. Let's engage, please. It's not often they will be here engaging so deeply about these issues, more especially from the dispositions from which they come. So please don't let us down. Do our guests well. Engage them. Please repeat the number, Sangezo. Johannesburg, 714-2006, landline. Please make a call. Alternatively, WhatsApp, 0614104107. You guys know the drill. Let's get on. So the solution, PJ. I, I mean, that's a, that's. A, Is there a solution? Yeah, I, you know, first of all, take this out of the hands of politicians. Correct. And put it in the hands of civil society mm. because. It ain't going to change. I don't believe that Sol Ramaphosa saying this is a pandemic. It's words. What are we going to do about that pandemic? It's not enough that he acknowledges things. I'm tired of politicians. And so I believe as a recovering alcoholic, I was thinking today, right, it's all very well for me to come on air. But then I have to have some vague kind of uh, thought of a solution. And I believe that the only people that can possibly understand women who are abused at this on this grand scale are women who have been abused. And there are many. One in, male, three, one in three women yes. have been abused at some point in their lives. One in, in three. three women. And South Africa has the, the third highest rate statistics on the, on the planet. You know, I do believe that abused women. I think we should take it into civil society. The AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, is the largest non-profit organization outside of the United Nations. It has an effect. It works. And I think that if women were, if we took that and we had women, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous, I think what I'm trying to say here, was founded by two drunks. And it is only abused women Mm -hmm. that understand the plight of another abused woman. Have you ever been abused? No. 
I haven't. I'm a lucky, I'm one of the lucky people. I need to say that I feel desperately sorry for young men who are sitting in townships, un, um, unemployed, the, the, the uneducated. Um, the, the, what have we done? What have we done to make young men's lives value? Until we do that, we will never get men to value women. Never, mm -hmm. until they value their own lives. We have a caller on the line, Deborah from Johannesburg. Hi, Deborah. Hello. Hi. This hey. is Deborah here. Hello, Deborah. I'm listening to two of my most famous on the radio. Is Deborah Batsoffin? I'm afraid it is. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Good, good. I'm just listening. I had no idea, and I hear you. And then I hear PJ Powers with you, and I'm thinking, um, could you ladies run for president, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> Listen, I think any president has a tough, a tough time, especially with issues like this. And I think, you know, PJ mentioned earlier, uh, you know, alcoholism. Do you think that's one of the reasons for GBV, gender-based violence? Well, without a doubt. I mean, Absolutely. Should, that was... It's, it's, it's so many things, you know. I have to say, I'm just going to go back a step here. Your intro, um, the way Songhezi introduced you was unbelievable. And I'd like to thank him for paying tribute to you the way he did. When you go to um, the thing we are talking about now, it's, it's terrible because what COVID did was take everything away that people already didn't have and took more away from them. Penelope, PJ Powers knows we discussed how to solve certain problems. We never won because nobody ever listened. And then, Carolyn, you came along and helped the theatre industry in the most incredible way. And I will get to my point here. Carolyn helped thousands of people, and you still do. The government forgot about entertainers. The fact that public sat and watched their TVs every day, but entertainers were locked up with nothing. If we had taken entertainment away during COVID, what would people have done? So straight away, there are people who lost their jobs. They didn't have to buy alcohol at a great price from the store because they could buy it from back street for next to nothing. Okay? If it wasn't for people like you, and I know PJ does a huge amount of work, okay, we'd be in a worse situation. In the two years or two and a half that you've helped us feed people, I know from the messages we get that you are saving lives. And in saving a life, being able to feed somebody, let them have electricity, let them have cleanliness and the reason to get up in the morning, you're already stopping part of violence. And PJ, what you said, take things away from the government, yes, please. Because Carolyn, you should be, have been given awards, accolades, I don't care what by now, because what you have done for the entertainment industry, nobody else has stopped to do. Uh, Deborah, okay. thank you mm -hmm. so much. Um, we do have other callers. Uh, we've got. Um, thanks so much, Deborah. Appreciate that. Uh, we've got Johnny on the line from Joburg, Johannesburg. Johnny, hi. Hi. How are you doing? Uh, we are perfect. How are you? Oh, very well, thank you. I just have one question. Yeah. You know, the thing that makes me wonder all the time is, like, for example, that person who chopped off the limbs of the other lady and things like that. Yes. Why don't we ever publicly interview these people and find out publicly 
why do they do such things and have a public interview so we could recognize these people as well. Can I, can yeah, I go ahead, Peter. Um, I, I, you know, Johnny, I, I, I uh, thank you for bringing that, uh, that question. I, I believe that South Africa has become soft. I think that we have PC'd our way into censorship. We don't. We gloss over. We know. We have normalized a completely abnormal situation, um, an abnormal. We are living in abnormal times, and somebody, we need to stand up and and say, this is abnormal, I'm not going to tolerate anymore. And no one government anywhere in the world does everything for the country. We happen to have a government and we have powers that be that perhaps I'm a little harsh, do nothing. But, but we, civil society, you stood up, Carolyn, um, at your, and said, thank God for civil society. And I mean Thank God for civil society. Mm, mm. We need to take this issue and we need to take women and look them in the eye and say, we are sorry you were abused, not you're a GBV survivor. Mm. What is that? Look, the thing is, sorry, the, the thing is what, we, what needs to be understood is this. Women are the most important people on the earth. If it wasn't for a lady, there will not be any growth, any rebirth, any production, any reproduction. Well, the thing is, you know that, but you are unfortunately in the minority. Yeah. Well, how can I be in the minority? You are. Well, if you weren't, uh, Johnny, if you weren't in the minority, I tell you what, if you weren't in the minority, we wouldn't have the third biggest rape statistic. We would not have one of the largest gender-based violence, brutalized women on the planet if the majority of people thought the way you do. Finish. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, the stats speak for themselves. Yeah. Do you want to answer to that, Johnny? Oh, he's gone. Okay, Johnny's gone. We've got three voice notes. Good evening, Songezo Utandega, your guest, your producers, and to the listeners. Uh, Songezo, I like the fact that Utandega has entered the prison, and uh, I'm glad how she speaks of the prisoners. And again, it's not everyone that went in prison wanted to go there. And again, it's not everyone that is bad there. They are innocent souls behind those bars innocent souls people that um, some of them are trying to defend themselves but some of them the worst part is that some of them were framed um i thank you guys it's fickle and bumping keep down thank you Songezo. wow good evening it's caroline yo, 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 yo. what a great guest you got there in studio i stand there i really really like what you are doing as much as i'm a man who never ever slept his wife i'm so proud of what you are doing i really really like this and uh, what i think this gender violence begins it begins with self-respect as a man you gotta respect yourself that's all i can tell Good evening to the SAFM listeners and to PJ Powers. It's been such a long time. You know, I had the honor of once singing and dancing with you on stage at the Majestic Cinema. This is Cedric from Durban. And uh, I must tell you that 
you are a woman with character and you are superb keep it up and to the other guests that stay i don't know your name but from what it seems like you are also a gem so gems are to be looked after so men out there please be men and look after the women around you not only look after the women around you look after yourself if you lose your self respect you have lost all respect for everyone in your family in your friends in your work thank you have a great evening so much cedric um it's carolyn stain in studio chatting to tandeka pj powers about issues affecting us in south africa and right now we are all you know terribly terribly concerned about gender based violence PJ we are i think sort of running out of time um with women's month coming up what is some advice that you can give not necessarily about gender based violence but in general for young women of our country I think the women of of South Africa are amazing I have I I mean I really do I think they always have been um I I think that um we 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 live in a society where the brutalization of women is so rife and the fact that there are so many strong women i think that if we put this in the hands of the women um then we've got a fighting shot but we can't have men pontificating about legislation um you know when the issue is now it is time for deeds and not words it's over the conversation about the conversation the words about the words the meeting about the meeting it's over for all uh, in every single walk of our society it's time for doing we've got another call on the line that's andile from hrafrenet andile hello good evening uh, good evening yeah I just want to comment on this, on this program tonight, yeah. And I think we are somehow missing the point in South Africa. I don't know. In South Africa, there seems to be this norm, and even on television, when you see women as being portrayed as weak, because women don't leave relationships in South Africa. I don't know why. Even when they are abused, even even if they they open protection orders, they go and. And, and go back to the police station and withdraw the charges. And it seems like women are not uh, kept up to speed. Or I don't know what, psycho- psychologically, there's this trap that men have over women in this country. I don't know why. Because half of the women that get abused, get abused so much that it takes a lot of years for someone to come out of it. I understand maybe it's, it's psychological, abuse or maybe financial sometimes and i'd like to encourage women to to just walk away just walk away you you you'll find another relationship you'll be happy with someone else don't stay because of the children don't stay because you think you want to fix your relationship and it's going to change it's not going to change i'd like for for women out there in the whole of south africa You've seen this cycle over and over and over. You've seen it everywhere, even in the suburbs, even in the townships. But there's still this same type of behavior that we see in men that that women even can't uh, get out of because they're also stuck in the same trap 
I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Andile, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. You know, the question is, why do women remain in these relationships? Um, and, and you brought a, on a very important point about financial dependence. You know, how does a woman walk away from a home? How does a woman walk away from her children? How does she walk away from the family unit? And, um, you know, men often promise to never do it again they will change but we do know leopards don't change their spots so i think what you what you brought up is a very very important point and thank you for that is there anything else you'd like to bring to the table no i'm just asking myself where is the common sense then if you're going to die and leave your children behind um, that's, that's where the, i'm coming and has it it's Tandega. I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, because this brings me to the point that we, we talk about gender-based violence and the brutal, brutalization of women in this country. But what we're not addressing, which I found frightening when I was doing my research today, is that more than 60% of women who are abused, are un, they don't know if they've been abused. They're not sure whether they've abused. So that we've got to do, we've got to reach that situation first. Mm-hmm. They they are unaware in this paternal society of whether they've been abused or not. Andile, thank you so much for your call. We have to go into an ad break right now. SAFM leading the conversation. The viewpoint eight to ten p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Good evening, I'm Carolyn Stain. I'm in studio chatting to Tandeka, PJ Powers, and thank you so much um, for this amazing platform at SAFM. Uh, PJ, you wanted to say something? Um, I, I think I, w- I want to lighten it up a little bit and tell a <laughs> lovely story about you, actually. You oh. talk about the first caller, I think, was confused. Um, whilst I have been into prisons with you and been in prison myself and been in prisons um, a lot, um, I, uh, I, I thought Carolyn had lost her marbles when she called me. I really did. And said to me, I want to take crochet hooks into prisons and I thought (laughs) now hang on into Mm. maximum security prisons I really did I thought this is a dodgy dodgy idea and I'm always that's why I talk about you with such respect is you are the you are one of the tall poppies and we have many of them we need to find them you're a bright shining beacon we need to with regards to gender-based violence, we need more use. We need to go out there and find the tall puppies who have been abused that will talk out. Mm. Our movement needs to be as strong as us too. You know, mm. we too have been abused. Absolutely. It was a, a quite a thing, taking crochet hooks I, I couldn't into, believe into prisons. And she'd never, you've and never had, had meetings with the Department of Correctional Services. We even had specific crochet hooks made that would bend in case. But you, I have to tell you, at Leocorp Prison, I got a letter from one of the, the, the management team there to say that in the three months since they started crocheting blankets for people on the outside whose lives have been affected by crime, by poverty, um, by violence, by gender-based violence. Never has she seen so much calm behind bars. So it is an incredible thing. May I just ask a question? Yes. 
we really then need as a society, and I'm sorry to interject in what really should be an uninterrupted mm. production, but I think we should just even for a moment comment on the value then of correctional part in the rehabilitation of people in society. Can we just spend a moment in relation to that? Because I think that speaks to that, isn't it? Absolutely. That three months would have such an impact. Yeah. You know, I think there's a certain calm, there's a certain therapy attached to um, using one's creativity and using one's hand to create something and to create something that is useful, that that changes lives. And for an inmate to to make a blanket, guys, the majority of people in prisons have been guys making blankets in maximum correctional centers. And it is a form of correct, correcting, um, of transforming, of, of changing. So, so perhaps we should get all men in South Africa in schools <laughs> to crochet. You know, it might bring down those... those um, anger levels. I, I do believe that um, what you have managed to do, Carolyn, and Sangezi, to your, this speaks to your point, is that I remember having a conversation with Nelson Mandela when it was the most soul-destroying thing. To make, people would take lime, fill it, fill it in, put it in a, 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 a wheelbarrow, walk across a yard, dump it, put that same thing, so there's no sense of achievement. This goes to prove, in terms of correctional, that's what you did. You, it, there's, those men had a, have a sense of achievement, which is the deal breaker for anyone's mm. human psyche, mm. is what have I done, whether it's a square, a stitch, or an entire blanket. Stitch by stitch. And that's what you've done. Stitch by stitch. So we pledged to keep thousands upon thousands of people warmer over the all the winters to come. should ask in. your advice. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm Carolyn Stain, the Tuesday takeover. Songhezo is occupied with a knitting lesson straight after this. Um, and he'll be back just before the news at nine o'clock. I've been asked what I'm doing for Mandela Month. Well, of course, making blankets. We are at the Four Ways Mall um, in Johannesburg with a sea of bright, beautiful, warm blankets. It's incredible. Um, the work that thousands of people have put in that ABSA has sponsored. So I always say they are absolutely amazing with their support of 67 Blankets for Nelson Mandela Day. It's a beautiful Day. exhibition, don't miss it. I'm, I'll be there on the 23rd. So I want to thank my wonderful guest, PJ Powers, for coming into studio, especially for tonight. Um, I think the time has w pretty much wound up. My team, thank you, Lasejo, um, Tabiseng, Phineas, Songhezo, and I know that the news is coming up at 9 o'clock with Mposa Tole. Yeah, and before we get there, Carolyn, thank you so much. I mean, yo, I didn't realize that 40 minutes could go so quickly. Tandeka, thank you so much for your voice and passion. Thank you. Where does it come from? Where hey. does that fire come from? <laughs> um, I, I'm not good at injustice. I wasn't good at injustice in the 80s, and I'm not good at injustice now. I don't do it well. I don't do injustice. And that's the overriding sense that I'm getting living here at the moment. I was struck by the comment where you said you could have voted but did not vote. No. And you only wanted to vote for the ANC. Yeah. How does Tandega feel now about the state of <laughs> our <laughs> nation's <laughs> politics? Well, Good you know. question. Um, the state of our politics? The what state politics? of our politics, the state of the party. Just where are you now? In other words, that fire that you had. Oh, it's over. It's, it's over. 
I mean, I, I'll tell you, unashamedly, sadly, sad, with tears in my eyes, Carolyn was privy to me in tears yesterday on the phone. I have a deep love for the people of South Africa. I have, there's no love lost at the moment between me and this party. Yeah, now, Carolyn, here we are. Is there hope? You're well-traveled. You've lived in the U.S., the U.K., in South Africa, and you've experienced the people, especially by your exposure in the arts. How do we correct the society? I mean, sure, every society, it's only a matter of time that it will have its challenges, but from where you sit, from what you experience, from how you engage the South Africans the way they engage you, speak to our listeners in terms of what you believe might just be the tonic for the nation's challenges. I think we've reached a point in our country's history where we are fed up. Um, and I agree with uh, PJ Powers that, you know, there was so much hope. Nelson Mandela brought the hope. He brought the light. He brought the rainbow nation. Um, and we've seen the disintegration of that over the years um, to the point where I don't see hope. But I think if we are all, and I'm going to use the word hutful enough, mm -hmm. we might be able to work together, you know, chuck a few politicians aside and start afresh. A few. I'm so <laughs> on <laughs> few. She's my girl. It's an understatement. <laughs> well, ladies, all good things have to come to an end, but this one has not just been a good thing. It's been a great thing and just also all inspiring just to hear from a different audience, different people. This is the stuff we try and talk about all the time, but I think people respond better when it's different voices and... I must say, if there's one thing Lesejo, Phineas, Tabiseng and I have done right, is to yield the platform on Tuesdays for different voices to moderate different conversations. Tonight, like every other night, has been justice to why we have the Tuesday takeover, and we can only thank you for that. PJ, final comment. For a change, you are not online paying tribute to a fallen hero heroine. You are here advocating for issues yes. of social correction. And I appreciate that. So thank you and thank good you. night to everybody. And I do believe there is hope. Let's, ho let's hold on to that. It's time for news. I'm positive.